This is Monish. I'm the author of How to Take Notes at Speed of Light. I'm the founder of Signature. And I connected with Pablo at Meeting the Minds, which is a cool little thing we did. And uh, you should too, because uh, he's just got this, the greatest vibe. He's fun. He's awesome. And yeah, he's just, he's just all around. He just makes you smile. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, In my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I learn from him. This means every single person you ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every networking event or conference you walk into is both a library and your stage. Your network is your personal Google and you are a part of everyone's Wikipedia. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I am your Chief Executive Connector. Follow me as we meet people in my walks. Find out what we can learn from them, what they've learned from others, and what made them want to connect so you can learn to gain and give value to others in all of your interactions. I am terrible at asking for stuff, but if you want to do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you've learned from each episode, or at the very least, Hit me up if I can ever be of service or any kind of value to you. Now, without further ado, let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. And today we have a new buddy of mine, Monish Soundarajan, who is the author of How to Take Notes at the Speed of Light and the founder of Signature a one-man production studio for authors and entrepreneurs who need help positioning their platform and crafting their best work, from copywriting to design. He's worked on projects for New York Times and Wall Street best-selling authors like a little fellow by the name of Ryan Holiday, uh, the author of The Obstacle is the Way, The Daily Stoic, and Stillness is Key, amazing books, and Robert Greene, a guy that I like to quote all the time, author of The 48 Laws of Power, Mastery, The Laws of Human Nature, which is my go-to uh, quoting book because it's the thickest thing I've read in the last two years. And he's helped authors design their books, position their platforms, and get their books into the world over at Signature. He was the host of a super cool podcast called Moonwalk, a high production narrative podcast with over 149,000 plus, 149,000, I have to reread that again, bro, that's impressive, plus downloads, a spot on iTunes, new and noteworthy, and much fanfare from his mother. He's interviewed everyone from Times Person of the Year, the woman who sequenced the Ebola virus, to people who create imaginary friends inside their heads. He's currently in the middle of a super secret uh, project, writing another book, but as of right now, it's under wraps. I think he's authorized to, to, to tell the title, which uh, I already forgot what it is, Monish, but you're going to share it with us in a second. And he lives in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Monish, what's up, bro? How are you? <laughs> doing good, man. How's, how's it going? Dude, uh, I'm doing great. You know what I didn't mention in that uh, in that intro is my strange attraction to your voice. So it, it always it, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it always it always makes me feel chill. It makes me feel relaxed, man. It's good to it's see good. you. It's and, good. And uh, as you know, right? As I as I shared with you a little while ago, my my thesis on human connection is that people build relationships the quickest when they share a vulnerability with somebody or somebody adds value to their life. So. I think our conversation is going to be super, super valuable. Um, so I'd just like to start with asking you something that, something, you know, to get vulnerable with us, something that you've struggled with in the past, something you're struggling with now. 
um, that you can share with our buddy who has this in his ear right now. Totally. Let me just take a quick trip to the basement of my psyche and I'll pull something out. No, basically, basically um, one thing that I've struggled with and is that there, there, there is kind of, and I think this is sort of indicative of human nature of how people work is that we have sort of competing goal systems in our, in our, in our minds, right? We're not just, you know, we're not just Monish who wants quiet time or Monish who, or we're the person who wants to be, have sort of have quiet time, have solitude, but also wants to be out in the limelight, wants to put himself out there. And I think this is sort of indicative of anyone. I think people will recognize that there's sort of multitudes to being a human. And one of the things that I've sort of been working through and actually been journaling about uh, has been sort of realizing that there is sort of two parts to me. There's one part that wants control over their life, wants to meditate in the morning, wants sort of uh, you know, wants to watch a movie, wants quiet time, wants to sort of, you know, be away from the limelight. And there's another part of me that wants to sort of do things at a, as, at a massive scale, right? Wants to put himself out there, uh, wants to come on on the podcast. And, uh, and, uh, and those two parts can, if I don't think, if they're not properly reconciled, uh, they can sort of uh, kind of nip at each other's heels a little bit, if that makes sense, right? Uh, so one of sort of, the struggles has been, uh, for me personally, has been trying to sort of integrate both, sort of look at both pieces of myself, because they're both pieces of myself, and be like, all right, all right, Monish A, you get this, this and this, but you don't get this, right? And then Monish B, you get this, this and this, but you don't get this. And sort of, you know, almost from, from sort of this higher objective, military commander-esque perspective, be like, all right, We'll, we'll integrate both of you, but you can't have everything. And uh, for me personally, that has been kind of, it's been kind of the defining uh, struggle for years because, so when I see people like you, right, you're really good at connecting um, and you're really good at just talking your ass off, right? So, and that was, that was a part of me that I kind of buried uh, a couple years ago. I, I wasn't just putting myself out there. I was just, you know, I would just meditate, just, like just crazy amounts of time. And um, that's one thing that, that's cool, I think, about you is that you very much put yourself out there. You're talking to people, you're connecting, you're really, um, you're out there, you're in the thick of it. And uh, that's sort of a part of myself that I'm trying to sort of uh, bring out more. And it's one thing that I admire about uh, you and your stuff. So, yeah. I appreciate it, man. Well, yeah. You know, I want to kind of dive into that. So to me, that sounds like First of all, I'll step, take a step back and, and let you know, I, de I define introversion and extroversion by a very clear delineator, right? Like mm -hmm. one is you get an extrovert gets charged up when interacting with other people mm -hmm. and an introvert gets drained while interacting with other people, right? It has nothing to yeah. do with whether they like to be in conversation or they like to be sure, with sure. or not. Um, and when I hear you say that, my head goes to, well, he must be saying that he's an introvert and, and he wants to, he's struggling between conserving his energy for his, for his inner self or, or giving it away. Is it that simple? Can, can you kind of, can you tell me a little bit about what you get when you're Monish A and what you lose and what you get when you're Monish B and what you lose? Totally. So let's just say, so Monish A, um, <laughs> so this is very weird to talk about, but yeah, so Monish A is like, it's like the most, it's, it's, I think it's a part of us. And I think this is, I don't, I wouldn't say it's analogous to everyone, 
but I think a lot of us have this kind of uh, inner self. And basically, it's the part that just it wants public approval. It wants to be out there. It wants uh, it wants the things that you know. It wants uh, it wants to put the book out, and people are like, "Holy shit, Monish, that's it's it's awesome!" Right? Uh, and that that part I think is very much. I think for a while I looked at it as I looked at it as sort of a superficial uh, part of who I was, but it's actually I mean with sort of more reflection, I think I think it's I think it's definitely a true part of who I am. It's definitely it's definitely a re- reflection of of who I am, and so that's sort of that part of me. That's that's sort of Moniche. Then Moniche is more again wants more control over his life. He wants you know he wants sort of the quiet time. He wants the evening where it's just from five to nine, nothing's going on. And um, I'm sure, so you sort of classify introversion. When people talk about introversion, extroversion, so I have sort of a background in psychology. Uh, I didn't really learn it. To be honest, I didn't learn shit from college, but I, I've done a lot of reading. So, yeah. uh, so um, from college, I mean, so from understanding one thing I did learn in college is that they sort of defined introversion extroversion in a very clinical manner and I think your definition there's different definitions of it but basically it's from the energy perspective or energy management um I would say totally it is when I talk to people um I definitely feel a little drained right but again it's a lot it's a lot more nuanced and complicated than that I love talking to people right so that's Monisha. I, it's just, it, it's, it's so, it, it's sort of like going to the gym. You know, you don't want to go to the gym. You go to the gym, you're like, this is fucking amazing. And then you, you just, you hop out and you're like, I can't move. <laughs> I can't move muscle. So it's complicated. And I think, I think again, I think that sort of, um, that hints at the fact that people are, uh, people contain multitudes and people are complicated and people have competing goals within them. I mean, uh, in psychology, they call it competing goal systems. It's sort of like when you, I don't know, it's like maybe there's got it. There's a part of you that wants to have like, I don't know, a six pack, you're ripped, you're stacked, you're yoked, you're shredded. But then there's the other part of you that wants to just stuff a gallon of ice cream into yeah. your mouth, right? And just into your face and just like go absolutely wild. And so, so yeah, that's, that's sort of what I'm sort of trying to drive at. Um, I hope that was like, yeah yeah i get it man i get it there's a million dualities right like there is the the part of you that wants to serve and the part of you that wants to have control over your time there's a part of you that you know i i I get it man i get it that's interesting i i see myself as such a simple beast right like when i take when i take the disc analogy i don't know are you familiar with that that form of personality type i don't know it seems like four personality types and you take this score and whichever ones you're positive in or, or your personalities and, and you're supposed to be a mix of them. And mm. I'm like a super exaggerated, only one of them. And then everything else I'm negative. So, you know, I, 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 I don't know, man, I don't know if I'm, and it's, and that part of, and it's the part that's like the promoter and like the, the, yeah. you know, the campaigner and other, in other studies. But anyways, sure. man, I, I, I find it fascinating asking people this question because you get so many, 70% of the time I get imposter syndrome, right? Like 70% of the time, the answer is imposter syndrome. And then yeah. that other 30% is these like really interesting kind of unique ways of self-introspection that shows that everybody is this like savage critic of themselves always. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> totally. All right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's, 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 let's move on here to, 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 to the other value piece of this. Yeah, man. Of um, why note taking? 
what's what's you you wrote a book you wrote a book on note taking bro that's that sounds a super valuable and be super nerdy tell me about it no yeah no it's ridiculous it's probably the most ridiculous undertaking i've ever done i mean first off uh, the book is is so short i mean you can you can blink three times and you you will have read the book uh it's 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 like an hour because the, the, the truth is that no one no one and their grandmother wants to read a 300 page book on note taking you know i i don't um but so the the reason i made it was it's more of sort of a glorified pamphlet if anything um the reason i sort of put this together was because uh i think and, and this is sort of i think it's sort of counterintuitive but note taking doesn't matter right note taking doesn't matter at all really what matters is that you're reading books right you're you're listening to podcasts and you're getting wisdom you're getting practical advice you're getting actionable advice uh, from the people you listen to and what matters is that you use the information you're getting right uh, and you use it in the specific ways and in the specific context that you want to use it in, and that you actually apply the ideas that you learn from again the just thousands and thousands and thousands of words that you're consuming for years right what matters is not note taking right what matters is that you are able to use it in the ways that you want to be able to use it in your own life whether that's you know workout program whether that's you know it's you have a project uh, and it's and you need research for that project whether you want to improve your relationships whether you want to create a networking strategy what's important is that you use the principles the ideas the mental models that you gather and then actually apply them and the problem is that there is this gap and i think it's just a i think it's a human thing i think it's a it, it's something to i think what the problem is that when you when you read something right it is there is always a gap between in your head saying you read a book on networking right or on connecting and you you read it and you're like oh my god this is incredible right this is just this is this is yeah. right right and you you get excited you, there's just like this yeah, this yeah i'm getting of, excited yeah <laughs> yeah it's this sense where you're just like you're reading about like you know improving your networking strategy or something and then you get excited about it. you're like almost freaking out mentally and you're like this if i do this it's going to be incredible and then a week goes by and then two weeks goes by and then it's three years later and then you're hanging out with your uncle at his christmas at christmas party and you the thought comes in your head you're like i, I didn't do anything i didn't do what i said in my head i was going to be doing and i think whether you're an entrepreneur whether you're just a CEO you're in whatever you're doing you know this gap this gap is very human it's very it's sort of it's almost baked into our psychology and it's the gap between thinking you want to be doing something and then the actual reality of doing something and the problem is we're reading and consuming online courses and i mean we're in the i mean there is more knowledge now uh, in the world and on your computer, uh, in your in your phone, this pocket-sized device, there's yeah. more information yeah. on that than in the entire library of Alexandria, right? yeah. which was the greatest storehouse of, uh, of of information in ancient times. There's more information now, and the problem is that we don't we're not using it in the ways in which we can use it. So this book, look, it's about note taking, but the, the note taking piece it doesn't really matter. The point is that it closes the gap between just thinking. Oh, I'm going to act on all these incredible books that I've I've read, and I, I can't wait to actually specifically in tactical sort of in a very uh, tactical way actually acting on that information. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really 
that's sort of the, the basics um, why so, how I view it yeah I get it I get it right like I'm 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 guilty of of that yeah, as well yeah, all, all yeah. of that right like I didn't I didn't grow up a voracious reader by any means but yeah. I'm very much into podcasts and audio and and that has helped me you know that's changed my life right like I I, totally. I found podcasting yeah. through Serial and then quickly like looked up Freakonomics because I love oh, that I, book I love Serial I love Freakonomics this is yeah. awesome. Cool. And, uh, and then that's, and then, and then the next one was like hardcore history by Dan Carlin, you know, yeah. like all this, like all this stuff that really opened up my mind. And this was like four or five mm-hmm. years ago. And now it's true, right? We have this overwhelm of information. Mm-hmm. We, we have the friction between information and us consuming it is gone. Right. So, like what so, kind of what you're referring to. We have yeah. it in our pocket, uh, the library of Alexandria times a thousand. Mm-hmm. and the yet the friction between consuming and digesting and uh and processing it through your body to to become the building blocks of your actions is still there so you think note taking is that that bridge that that gets you there yeah yeah so so here, here the, the truth is is twofold the truth is that if you have a serious problem with sort of the cycle like for example if if you find yourself um i'm assuming that the people who are listening to this podcast the issue is not i can't get out of bed right i can't i can't do stuff that is its own that is its own issue and and i think there's there's deeper psychological implications there that are sort of at play this is more just you're already kind of a go-getter you you know you're, you're generally doing things but for the most part right for the most part you're just, you know, you work on your business, you're, 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 you're networking, you're getting out there, you're doing stuff, but in sort of the busyness of it all, you just, the stuff that you're reading, you don't actually implement it. You don't actually do it. You don't actually what, and the reason is because, you know, it just, you read it and then you forget about it. It's just like, okay, I read this book 20 weeks ago. Uh, you know, I have no idea. Like, it's just, I'm in, like, I'm having dinner with my wife. Like what I, you know what I'm saying? Like life yeah, 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 I sort of has its own momentum and sort of, and so I, Dude, yeah, I, um, again, I don't think the book is going to solve sort of, I think, deeper, sort of, sort of the deeper issue of like, you know, I can't, I just, I don't do anything. But it does solve for people who, generally speaking, I would say are kind of like me and you and people sort of that are probably listening to this podcast who they just want to get more out of yeah. what they're reading. They want to get more. And, and, uh, and this sort of helps close that gap um, because no taking what it does is at least the system that I sort of talk about here and just a quick side note, this is one of the cool tenets of the system is that it's sort of intrinsically flexible to the, I am sort of giving you a foundation of what to do, but I'm also telling you, you need to understand why you're not taking and then change the system accordingly. Um, but sort of the, the sort of the, the one of the sort of principles that, that's at play here is that you, as you're taking notes, why, future Pablo, right? Why would future Pablo probably want this, uh, want this information in the future? So you, you sort of act as a prediction device as you're reading. And it's, by the way, it's, this sounds like you're just putting your head into a, a, a metal box and there's a time machine. It's not complicated at all. It's super easy. No, I get it, man. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you're just trying to predict like, why would future Pablo, why would the future version of Pablo three years from now, two years from now, five weeks from now, why would he want this piece of information? 
you answer that. You write it down on your little note card or wherever, ever, it doesn't matter. And it helps you so that when future Pablo is present day Pablo, right? And you need a promotional tactic, right? You're able to easily go back and find that information. And uh, yeah, that's sort of, it really just helps. It's sort of the missing step, right? You're not just taking notes. You're actually genuinely thinking, how does a future version of yourself, how would they want to use it so that future version of yourself can easily go back in and grab it. And uh, yeah, that's sort of the, the basic principle that's at play here. I see a ton of value in that, man. I see a ton of value in the sense that like, laws of human nature for example right i listened yeah, to yeah, that so big. <laughs> I, I listened to 28 hours of that sucker yeah, and yeah. so many things that i was like genius genius yeah, and at yeah. the end of the day i really i i quoted all the time right in the in the virtual summit that we were in i gave a speech about the the four generations and intergenerational things like the i took one thing from that book and i have reused it over and over again and if i could have taken five things from that book right or or 10 things from that book it'd be great and then the other thing i think about is there's a there's a very powerful piece to future you right like like the idea that who we are today is not who we are tomorrow is something that gets lost for everybody and the more that you can be thinking about your future self the higher the chance you're going to meet that person Mm-hmm. So I, I love I love the idea of having a way to const to 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 summon that future you a little bit better and to mm-hmm. and to stay connected to that future you that you want to become based on these you know inputs that you're that you're putting into your body I, I, you know I like this I'm sure you've heard this before but it's it's not we're not just what we eat right like we are what we consume right so it's like we are what we eat what we breathe what we drink what we see what we read what we hear those are all like the inputs of of what you're building with so the more you're able to yeah i think that idea is from emerson ralph waldo emerson i love ralph yeah i love ralph waldo emerson you know like i don't know if you've listened to the podcast before but i i start with an emerson quote right yeah yeah Yeah, so so totally bro totally all right so tell me man are you what did, what'd you, you said you are an amateur psychologist, but what'd you, what'd you study in college? And, <laughs> and, and tell me about kind of your, your love affair with reading. How did that start? Totally. So I, I, studied, I studied psychology in college. Um, I, I could just talk about that for 20 years, but basically I, I just don't. Look, I think the, the professors there were wonderful. I think they were smart. They were capable. Um, but just because, just due to the structure of how college is, uh, to be honest, how it's structured, uh, just how it's formatted, um, to, be, to be frank, I, I just, I didn't really learn too much. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I, I think, I think again, this is sort of a deeper conversation on sort of, uh, on education and how, educa- and how people learn and, and the psychology of how people learn. But uh, most of what I know most of the the good ideas, or at least the what I think are good ideas inside my head, right? Um, most of that is from reading. It's from books. It's from following my interest. It's from just the fact that it's so affordable. I mean, it's it's like, dude, if if <laughs> if books cost thousands of dollars, um, I wouldn't have the opportunity to to sort of uh, you know have the ideas that I do have currently, and. Um, and those ideas, again, sort of like the Emerson, I, ho- I hope it's Emerson, I hope I'm not totally getting it wrong, but basically sort of like the, the idea from Emerson, it's, 
um, you're not just sort of what you what you eat, right? The ideas, even though you don't even know, you don't even ideas are there's an invisible there's sort of an invisibility to them, right? You read something and then you move on with your day. You don't really, I mean, maybe you think about it, but you don't. Yeah. But what's interesting is there is some sense of compound interest. There, there is some sense of like over years, over months, right? You're reading, you're reading good ideas. You're reading ideas that are intelligent, that are aligned with reality. And I, I don't know, it's just, you, it, like, you, you go into the little reading machine and then it spits you out three years later. And I just, I just know, it just, it changes you inside and out. Um, and I think that is just, if I had to sort of pinpoint the, why it does that, the mechanism in which it does that, I would say that encountering good ideas, right? Ideas. I think so one quick thing about podcasts, I know you love podcasts and you weren't too much. So I think that, I think that books do have a higher density of good ideas than any other medium just because of the format, right? Uh, You know, if you write a book, you have to spend years on it. It goes through, right? It takes a lot, it takes a lot more love to write a book than to make a podcast. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, As we're, as we're recording a podcast, right? So, so, yeah, totally. So the the thing is, is it's like the, like it doesn't, like a good idea is intrinsically good, whether it's in a podcast or it's outside of a podcast or it's in a book or, you know, your grandmother tells you, tells you, right? Like it doesn't matter. I think encountering good ideas, right? I think that is what makes reading or consuming great podcasts so transformative is that it changes the sort of the beliefs in your head. It changes how you view reality. And um, if you, if you, again, if, if you have the right good ideas, right? Um, it connects you closer to reality, it connects you closer with how things work and, uh, yeah, that's sort of my long tangent on that. But, but basically, it's just, it's totally transformative. And um, I just, if you haven't picked up a book in like three years, I totally get it. I was the eighth grader who, like, if you gave me a book, I would want to jump out of a window. I don't, like, I didn't want to read, right? And school drums it out of you because when you're forced to do something, it makes the thing itself unpleasant, right? And you, and you sort of, there's an emotional coding on that thing where you're like, I don't like reading. And you associate it with teachers sort of, you know, they're, 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 they're well-meaning and they're doing their job. But in a sense, the school system is forcing you to read these classics that you don't want to be reading. And uh, I would encourage anyone, if you haven't picked up a book in three years, um, totally do so. Pick up something that's interesting to you. Pick up something that you, not something that other people want you to read. Pick up something that you want to read and just kind of get going. Um, it is, it, it is, it is, it has given me so much. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, I'm a big fan, obviously. So. so All right. So, okay. So you answered my, qu- my, my question was, have you always been a reader, right? And if you're telling me that by eighth grade, you weren't, can you, can you? <laughs> no, I, I was not always a reader. I mean, so like, you know, when I was a kid, I read, it's weird because reader, reader implies a binary, uh, a binary reality a little bit. Like I am a reader. I'm not a reader. The truth is like, you know, I, I watch movies. I like when I was, I love, I've always loved movies. The movies I just go nuts on. Um, but like, like, I, you know, I read the Harry Potter books. Like when the seventh book came out, you know, I, it was, I got it the first day it came in the mail. I read it from like morning to like three o'clock at night. I just ate saltine crackers all day. And like, and then, then like, I don't know, during school, like I just, I didn't read. And, um, 
something kind of unlocked when I was reading, it's kind of embarrassing, but I read this book. So I was an insecure high schooler, uh, as I think we all were. And I think, I think I, that's just called being a high schooler, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a high schooler, basically. So I, <laughs> I, I was a high schooler and I wanted to get into a good college. Right? It's very much culturally an Indian thing. It's, it's getting, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's very high status to get into a good college, uh, whether you're Indian or not. Um, by the way, if you're listening to this, I'm Indian. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it's like, I wanted to get into it so bad. And I read a book called How to, How to Be a High School Superstar, which is just an insane title. But I, was, I read it and the book, you know, contrary to how the, the title sounds, was actually extremely original. It was counterintuitive and it was smart. And it was by this guy named Cal Newport who, who's done work like deep work and uh, digital minimalism and, and he's sort of more at the forefront of stuff. But his book um, had a section. And that section was talking about how books are just catalysts. I don't, he's like, I don't know. But like, if you, like basically the, sorry, the, the idea in the book was if you wanna be an impressive high schooler, you have to have sort of a deep interest, meaning something that is just like that you love to do. It's whether you're like, you're just deeply interested in entrepreneurship or deeply interested in writing. And one of the ways to catalyze those deep interests is by reading, right? And um, I have totally seen this over and over and over again. Things that I, okay, economics, right? Economics, I love economics. Like, if you would have told 14 year old like me hey by the way one day economics is going to be incredibly intellectually interesting to you like 14 year old me would have punched you know 25 year old me in the in the face so like it's just i think that reading it it makes things that don't seem beautiful to you beautiful and it makes slices of reality that you ignored interesting and it opens you up to the world into the world of ideas in a way that i think is just it just makes things, life is so much more beautiful now that I'm, I'm, I, I, I can sort of think of myself as a reader than before. Because when you're 14, you're 15, you're, you know, you're just like, I don't know, you just, you, all you care about is like, does- I, I know all you care about when you're 14. Yeah, does Stacy think I'm cool? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, right. And then it, the world is a very one dimensional place when you're a high school. And yeah. you're, just, you're stressing out and you're just, when you read, I don't know, it's just, uh, when you read, the, yeah, the world becomes, just, that's, there's that's a lot. Really, that's really interesting, man, because I, you're describing this, you're describing this aha moment from a chapter in a book with an amazing hook point, obviously, um, that, yeah, and a lot of what this podcast is about, right, like it is, it's about networking and relationship building, but I'm always hitting on the subject of how one piece of content can change your life oh, absolutely. Right? Or, or, or one interaction, right? Like, like the, like the, it's this, this podcast is really more about continuous growth than about anything yeah. else. Yeah. Right. And, and, and to me, I'm somebody that's learned from people. Right. And, but I'm, but I'm fascinated by when that aha moment hits. I remember, man, it was probably about four, five, six years ago. I'm in this, I'm in this meeting with the executive director and I've, and I've, at this point I've spent like six years of my life networking a ton in the nonprofit scene because inherently it just feels really good. But I'm in, this, I'm in this meeting with the executive director of this Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, Virginia Jocko, who's a super impressive 
um, older blind lady that went blind late in life, became a client of this place and now is a CEO of this place and took it from like a shack to a four story building. Sure. And, and I'm in there with this guy, Otto Forrester, and I'll never forget it, man. He's, he's sitting there talking to Virginia about, she mentioned somebody or something and he's like, oh yeah, man. So that business model's like this. I was talking to this guy and blah, blah, blah. And then she mentioned someone else like, yeah, I was talking to this guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, motherfucker, I want that. You know, like, like it's, it's the idea of anytime you see something and wanting to add that feather to your cap. And mm-hmm. to me, reading is, is, is one of those very powerful ways to do it. For me, it's people. And then I, and I found a happy medium in, in audio, but I'm, but I'm very fascinated by your perspective of you read this. And, and, and again, another thing I talk about a lot is the idea of be known for something, right? So it's like you, what, what you're saying, like to be, to be a superstar high schooler or person, you have to be supremely passionate about something, right? Like I, I just, I just put out a piece about like, be the bat signal for the things you want to attract. Right? Yeah, 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 totally. Right. So, so I love how, how you've contextualized it and how it's changed your life. Um, and it came from a book and that I would imagine then the rest of the story is, ah, this is the same as me. It's like, ah, people, you were like, ah, books. And, yeah. and, and, and now you found that as the avenue to, to add feathers to your cap and, and, to, and to be passionate about things and to become interesting and a superstar now mm-hmm. past high school, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, so I love your Pabloisms, like the bad signal. You have other ones. It, I just, I keep doing those. Um, one thing that I, uh, one thing that I've kind of noticed, uh, and, and this might sort of directly or indirectly tie, but just uh, there is, so one of the qualities in you that I've picked up and I don't, I don't really, I try not to compliment people if I don't feel like it's true, but basically is there is a sense of humility. And I think um, in you, in the sense that you are, there's a true willingness to learn. There's sort of like, you know, when you're like, you know, when people are like, they're pretending like, Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really open-minded. They're not open-minded. Right. So like, but for what was really compelling about you, um, so, so the main things that were compelling about you were like, you know, you're just a relaxed guy. You're happy. You make me happy. You make me smile. Um, that that's already, that's good enough. But one of the other qualities I, I, I noticed was that you, there is a, a humility. There's a sort of beginner's mind. There's a sort of student's mind. And I, I think that mentality um, is so, so important um, because I think, I think, I think it's at the center. So when I'm reading a book, to be honest, I don't have to, I don't have to remind myself to be a beginner. Right. But there are times when I have to sort of remind myself to, to sort of stop thinking in the prison of my own thinking, if that makes sense. So I already have a viewpoint on this. I already have an opinion on that. I already know about this. Right. And sort of just sort of like step back and think of it, think of it, think of it from a very sort of pure, like, okay, these are the things that I currently believe and I'm getting conflicting information. How can I sort of make sense of this? And I think, I think one of the sort of the, the core issues uh, just anywhere, right? Um, is that we have, uh, we have egos, we have egos, we have sort of the sense of self, this, we have this sort of, um, you know, I, I, this is sort of a longer conversation about how it would be sort of a user illusion, but we have this sense of self that one of the things it likes to propagate itself on is the things that it's right about, right? It likes, it, it feels like it, when, when it's, when something is 
when it believes in something, right? It's like, this is how the world is. It feels good. It keeps, it sort of keeps the integrity of that ego intact. Right. And so I think, I think that's kind of one of the things that, you know, is really cool about you is that there is this, I think if you want to, like you said, one of the key principles of this podcast is continuous growth. Right. And I think, I think growth is such a, it should be a key principle in so many people's lives. And I think part of that is just being able to sort of see different slices of reality, different perspectives and being open to that. Because I think so much of the time we are closed in by our own thinking and the sort of the, the we're closed in by sort of this snapshot picture of how we think the world is. We're just trying to figure out, okay, what is the world actually like? And trying and making the leap from, you know, point A to point B requires you to sort of have this radical open-mindedness. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, that's my compliment to you, but thank you. Take man. It or leave it. Uh, listen, I, I like, I'll take it all. I'll take it a fucking day, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you know, it's funny. Cause I, I do in, within the conversation, I always try to weave in, how do we meet and what you like about me as a way totally. for people to, as a way for people to, understand what makes someone likable right and yeah and yeah. again 70 percent of the time it is that it is the fact that i am genuinely curious about people and and i and i started kind of asking that question right like i another thing i talk about is having these like kpis to life and, and one of them is how many calls a week i get from somebody being like dude i'm thinking about this and i want to like run it past you to see what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah and 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 at one point I started asking people why they call me for that. And they're always just like, well, you just come across as a really open-minded guy, man. So yeah, man, I, I think having, um, having a sense of wonder about things is, is, is very enriching for life, right? Like whether it is a wonder yeah. about people or about information in books or. Dude, life is so much more mysterious than we give it credit for. It is, it's weird. Like, okay. The fact that we're sitting here and that it, there's so many facts about life that I think we take for granted. And to be honest, me and you, I'm sure, are 100% guilty of this. We take, we take it for granted every single hour of the day. The fact that I can open my fridge and there's just food that's probably like thousands. That's of refrigerated. Miles. Yeah, it's refrigerated and it's, it's thousands of miles away. And then the fact that like I'm sitting here and that I'm able to talk to a talking face that rep is visually representative of your actual face, it's crazy. It's, I think... And then the fact that there's, there's so many different, I mean, this sort of hints back at what I was talking about earlier, but the fact that like the more sort of reflection we do, the more we, we realize that there's different levels to who we are. I, I think that, I think it's, it's, I have to remind myself. I'm like, literally I have to remind myself. This is not something that comes naturally. I think there is a habituation process to being a human that makes it not natural, but like life is so much more mysterious and deeper and interesting than we give her credit for. And I think just being alive to that mystery, being alive to that, there's, we don't know everything. We really don't. I mean, the scientists in the 1700s, they, they, were, they all thought they knew everything. Then the 1800s, they're like, yeah, 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 the world is, you know, it's flat. 1900, we all had sort of an idea of what the world is. And, and I think we should, we should just we, kind of reawaken the mystery in that because it's really cool. So I love it, man. I love it. I see, I see your pooch over there, man. Let her out. Oh yeah. Uh, she's, she's, uh, she keeps me busy. So I love it, dude. I love it. I got yeah. two dogs. Yeah. Well, let me, you know, my mind instantly goes to the idea that I have always credited my ability. Cause I, I agree a hundred percent with your observation of the biggest mistake people make 
is that they think they already know something or that they think that the person they're talking to is already thinking what they're thinking. So why explain it? Why not just command? Right. And I've always credited that part of me to being an immigrant, right? Like Mm -hmm. to, 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 do you, do you think that plays in for you, man? Are are you an immigrant or, 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 or do you think, I would assume that you, you referenced growing up with, with Indian parents, right? Like, do do you think that being having two different cultures that you lived in um growing up at the very least do you think that that plays a role in your ability to have an extra perspective um it's a good question it's a little bit too good of a question it's got me <laughs> so so okay yeah so so i'll tell you this so if the question is sort of you know does does it allow for multiple perspectives because you come so when I was growing up I was Indian but I I grew up I was born in the United States Mm -hmm. like I I I basically just you know I don't really sound like an Indian person at least that's what people tell me Uh and so so I grew up in basically in Illinois that's where I grew up and very much but I also grew up within the context of an Indian household my my parents are, are Hindu and and uh, I saw lots of sort of cultural things. You know, I would, you know, we would call up sort of uh, Indian relatives and, you know, I would say hi. And I also like Tamil is a Indian language and I sort of know a little bit of Tamil, like more like you know, do the dishes or <laughs> sure. anything. Yeah. Like, just basic commands. Family talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family talk. Right? Yeah. So, so, I, so uh, does it open me up? I, to be honest, so I don't know. I don't know if... It, sometimes it's hard to one thing about ideas is that or beliefs is that you'll have a belief right or you'll have a, a pattern of emotions or whatever and you can't track the genesis of that belief you can't actually track look i i'm just i'm a happy guy i don't know why i'm happy i just i i am like you don't know why it's like the, there again this sort of hints at the mystery of being a human being there are some things like there's definitely some things i can track Right. Like, oh, I learned this from this person. But um, like, if you ask me, like, wh- when, like, how do I know what the word banana means? Dude, I have no idea. Right. The genesis of that idea is, is lost to me. So does my open mindedness or just my ability to sort of maintain multiple perspectives, does it spring from uh, sort of the fact that I was in sort of two competing environments? Maybe. I don't know. It sounds like a good hypothesis, um, but I just, I, I don't know, but I, I do know. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. So, so my parents view the world in a different way. There is a differential between how my parents view the world and how society views themselves in the United States. Right. There is also a differential between me and all the high schoolers I grew up with people in college, or whatever, and the people that I grew up as friends. There's just, there is natural differentials between people, but there is very specific cultural sort of differentials. And um, I have, when I was growing up, I was a little stubborn. I was like, oh yeah, the, you know, it's just, I would mostly side with sort of the American perspective. Um, but now that I'm sort of like, I'm older, you know, hopefully I'm wiser. Um, it, it's just, I see, I see more truth in the things that my parents held dear to them. I see more value in what, even if, um, you know, even if, you know, uh, it didn't seem that way in the beginning. And one, one clear example, which I think is really relevant to your audience is that sort of in Eastern, uh, sort of Eastern hemisphere, community 
is is emphasized more and in in the west individualism is emphasized so i think here's the thing i think being an individual i think being your own person is incredibly important i think it's actually i think it's crucial uh for sort of self-actualization and being the best you can but i think this community element um uh, the importance of other human beings outside of yourself right um that was something that um was emphasized by our culture and i think it is i think it is the nugget of gold uh, that was so important i think i think um and uh, i think that emphasis is something that's sorely lacking um in the west um and i think it's not one or the other i think it's both um i think you need both um and uh, yeah so that's that's there's that i think that's a great it's a very fair answer to a very difficult question and I think it's interesting that it brings us back to the beginning of the competing dualities that we all have. Right? Totally, totally. And that makes me curious as somebody, you know, I, I think a, a great saying I've heard is like the perfect boundary is the, the, the equidistant point where I can love you and myself equally kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Like, um, but it, this recurring theme of, learning and consuming books and ideas and also being yourself and also being part of a community. I'm, I'm curious as to where you stand on how important it is to how you formulate your own ideas from others, right? Like how, how, like that, 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 that importance of not just repeating what you're learning, but making it your own. Mm-hmm. And, and and how you process it as somebody that 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 clearly brings in a lot of info into that dome of yours. Yeah, totally. So so, so <laughs> this is like the key struggle. I think it's or one of the key struggles, right? So, so for the longest time, I think, and th- there I think that there's more. There's a lot to unpack here. But for the longest time, I think to some sense, right? And I think the the sort of the catalyst for this might have been sort of an inner fear, actually. Um, even though it wasn't sort of conscious to me, um, was that I would trust other people more than I would trust myself. Now, this didn't, this, it's, I'm making it sound more dramatic than what it actually is, but what that looks like in the everyday reality of my life sort of a couple of years ago um, was that when I was, re- so, you know, I was talking about how books are amazing. Now I'm going to go the other way. So <laughs> when I, I would read reality. So- Exactly. I would read so many books, right? I would read so many books. And the thing is, is that I would have my own ideas, right? On this is how reality is, right? This is how you should network. This is how you should make, you know, authentic, good. This is how, this is how a good relationship works. And then I would read a book, right? By, you know, I don't know, some certified PhD life coach, hashtag entrepreneur, CEO, seven time Olympic gold medal, whatever. So I would read the book by that person. And then I would, I would have my own ideas and I would always, always, always defer judgment to the book. My mom used to call this out. She would be like, you never learn anything unless it's from coming from a book, right? Like you can't learn anything unless like someone in a book says it. And there was uh, some truth to that. I think um, the, what was just, it's, it was, that I was sort of letting other people's ideas st- st- steamroll over my own. And the th- thing is, is that 
look, man, like you, Pablo, you're a unique individual. You have a unique context. You have unique experiences. You, you're living at a very specific point in space time, right? That, that is unique to you and to you alone, right? And that means that you have to, that there are lessons and ideas and things that will be unique to you and you alone. And ideas that might, you know, might not work for everybody, but they work for you, right? And so I think it's extremely important to do two things at the same time. You have to one, be open-minded to other people's ideas because other people, there are certain pockets of reality in which people know more than you do, right? You gotta be open to it because if you're not open to it, you're not gonna learn anything, right? And the sum total of everybody's knowledge, that is too, I mean, that is too juicy to, to, sort of, <laughs> to sort of like not get on. So, so like you gotta be open to that. But on the other side, on the other side of that, you also have to retain the sort of the capacity to think for yourself, to sort of recognize your own ideas, to recognize your own when you're dissenting from sort of the group view or what this author says or this person you respect says or what this hero of yours says. You have to retain both at the same time. And it's hard. It is hard to do both because both require almost different capacities for thinking. And um, I think if you want to survive in this world and retain your individuality, um, but you also want to gather all of the great stuff that you know people uh, are talking about, you gotta you gotta do both. You gotta be yourself. You have to think for yourself. You have to judge for yourself. But you also have to be so open to what other people are saying, and uh, that is easier said uh, than done. So. That's beautiful, bro. Like, I, I don't know if you saw me kind of like typing stuff because I'm, I'm just like taking notes on things that I want to cut out and share later on. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, this is my note, Nate. I, I have, I, I read the, I read the free part of your book. I have not read all of it yet. Right? Like, I'm, how, I'm, how dare you? How yeah. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's beautiful, man. I really love how you put that. I, I want to ask you. I like, I, I, I want to take like a kind of like a hard turn here uh, and just yeah, get yeah. really selfish real quick. But like, how did you? how did you connect with guys like Ryan Holiday and Robert Green and, and, and get to, I'm curious as the genesis of, of, of those two relationships and such big names and how a young guy like you was able to get in front of um, such authority figures. Totally. Totally. So again, this is from when I was my insecure high schooler days or just being a high schooler. So when I was doing that part of my, what I needed to do was I was trying to do something impressive. So, so the motivation was kind of superficial, but at the time it made sense to me. And the, the motivation was, I want to get into a good college, right? And so what I was doing was I was trying to figure out how can the, the core thesis of the book is that you have to do things that seem impressive, right? There are, there's a difference between what seems impressive and what is actually impressive. This is kind of actually an interesting idea I've never really talked openly about with someone because it's in the book and it's, Go it's on. kind of yeah. So, so one of the cool, that book I think is, so I've read like almost all of Cal's books. They're all great. Um, I disagree with some things in his books, but he's so smart and just Cal, Cal Fussman, Cal Newport. Sorry. Cal Newport. Okay. He's great. And one of his book, the high school book, no, I don't think anybody now is reading it except high schoolers because of how it's presented. But that is, that book is really original. It was extremely counterintuitive. And one of the cool ideas, I think, one of the really cool ideas that he talks about is that there, 
there, I don't know exactly the words because I read it a while back, but I think he framed it as there is sort of this impressive simulation effect or something, something cool like that. And basically that, for example, me making the high school basketball team is both A, it's impressive, okay, um, and B, it is extremely hard, right? But it is not, it's impressive, but it's not like as impressive as, as me being an Olympic ping pong player or me working with, you know, uh, like a best-selling author, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason is because if I told someone, hey, I made the high school basketball team, right? It's, it's harder than actually, it's harder to be on the basketball team than it is for me to send an email to an author and work with them. Um, but the steps in between those two things, you can easily visualize those steps. And because he posits that because you can easily visualize the steps from A to B, it's less impressive. Meaning I can very, e like, okay, yeah, being on the basketball team, very impressive, but I can easily visualize, you just practice, you just get better you try out and then you make the team. Whereas the, the differential between Monish is 17 and then now he's working with like a best-selling author um, or at the time he was actually a soon to be author because I don't think he came with the book yet. Um, that like you're, it's like your brain kind of glitches. You're like, how did, um, and by the way, I just want to tell, I just want to say that this did for, for, for college admissions, I got into uh, I got into the University of Illinois, uh, but as far as like the higher reach, this does not work. So it didn't work for me. Um, but I think there were multiple factors, and I could sort of elaborate on that. But basically, um, how did I get in touch? So I essentially was seventeen. I didn't know what to do, and I wanted to work with people I thought were doing interesting work. And I was reading blogs, and I ran into Ryan Holidays, and I just pitched him. I was like, "Hey, man." Uh, I sent some version of like, I think I even said like, Mr. Holiday, like I just, like, you know, say, and I was basically like, hey, I have these three ideas. Um, I want to work for you for free. I sent him a designed PDF of all his blog posts. And then two months later, he was like, wow, like he just like all caps. I remember it. I, I, I'm pretty sure I just my mind melted when he sent that email um, being an insecure high schooler. So I, I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then we just, very, it was very email oriented. We started sort of working together with different projects. I never met Robert. Um, so I worked on Robert's launch for mastery, which I think is one of his, his best books. Yeah, it's and the one that everybody brings up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, uh, I worked with sort of the pre-launch materials that he did for the book uh, mastery. Um, and so I, I think I emailed Robert like once and then like Robert sent me a signed book and that was, you know, again, I was like 18 or 17. It was like, it's a two Monish. Thank you so much. You know, I, and it really, dude, it meant so much to me at that time. I was a huge fan of this. And, um, yeah. So then, um, you know, I, I worked with Ryan on a couple of random projects and it was also through his firm brass check. So I was working with brass check. And then just recently, uh, really, uh, really cool thing is that I actually, I actually got in touch with his team at Brass Check again, and we worked on uh, his his latest book. So uh, or he's doing a re-release of the Daily Stoic. Um, so they came out with a leather premium, just those are <laughs> kind awesome. of ex kind of expensive book. Yeah. It's it, it's a little it's really nice. I look at it every morning. It makes me feel. It makes me you know my head blow up. And and um, 
I was able to design that. And I remember like last year I went through so many iterations and we were going through. And so that was, that was a really cool project to me because I think stoicism, I think has a lot to value, has a lot to add to the world. What was so weird about this project, it was so weird, was that I remember before any of this came about, I wanted like a nice, almost religious feeling day, like a, just a really lovely version of the Daily Stoic. And then it just kind of happened. And um, yeah, I have no idea how that worked out, but yeah, it was really cool. So th that's sort of the, the short gist of it. I love it, dude. I'm really glad I asked that question, right? Because at first, part of me was just kind of being a star fucker, but like I, I, I wanted to, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wanted to, I, I love that the answer is, dude, I just emailed them and I offered them some value and it works yeah. out sometimes, right? Because so, it's yeah. true, right? Like the, so. the, I don't know. I don't know if you realize it, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm, I, I, I think in speaking points these days, right? So it's like find a way to serve yeah. people with the yeah. keys to the doors that you want to open, right? Like, oh, like oh, oh, just, to, just tell me more. <laughs> to me, it's that, right? Like, uh, like to me, that's that. That's awesome, man. All right, you ready for the rapid fire round? No, oh, we froze. Oh, you, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, cool. Totally, rapid, totally. I'm here. Rapid fire round, ready? Pam, pam. Um, what is your favorite restaurant, and what meal do you get there? Totally. So I, I want to tell a quick cooler. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So basically, when you asked this question, I didn't have an answer for favorites. I just for for food, I don't I don't think in favorites. But I do remember having Tran. So I was a kid, and I had just I walked in. I was in New York City. Okay. I walk in, it's just this beautiful, it's just like this lovely pizza place. And I walk in and I get a slice of, you know, New York style pizza, which um, I don't really care who you are. It's the best style pizza there is. Uh, my girlfriend disagrees. So, uh, but no, so like I, I had, I had a slice of pizza and it was a transcendent slice of pizza. But here's the tragedy. I walked out of there. I was like a kid. I was with my sister or whatever. I walked out of there. And I think I went to New York or Brooklyn uh, a few times after that or maybe twice after that. And um, I completely forgot the name of the pizza place. Um, and uh, this question is, has haunted me for years. Um, you know, I wake up every morning in a cold sweat thinking about <laughs> what's the name of this pizza place. And um, dude, yeah, I just can't think of it. So, so that, that's sort of my, my extremely tragic story about how you know i i tasted a piece of heaven and then i just it just slipped out of my fingers so you know man you know what's funny about that is it reminds me of my first time in new york when i was 14 i went to this like epic breakfast it was called like the royal canadian house of breakfast or something like that and and i didn't and i didn't go back to new york till i was like in my mid late 20s and i'm like dude i gotta find this place and what you realize is that New York restaurants shut down all the fucking time, right? Like, that was, that was just a pizza place. <laughs> that, might, that might actually, that, that is my worst nightmare, that it actually just completely shut down. Yeah, that, don't, even, don't even say that, dude. That, yeah. that, I'm going to go, I'm just going to have like 20 nightmares for the next seven nights. But yeah, that's, that's the worst case scenario is that like, I will try to find this place the next time I go to New York and I will be going on a false adventure because it yeah, it's just anyway let's not talk about that's <laughs> so that's so painful also uh, interesting that a guy from illinois likes new york pizza over chicago style pizza but, uh, yeah, yeah but just, I I mean, right yeah 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 totally what is uh what's the content you're most into right now man like it, it can be a book it can be a podcast and can be somebody that you're really like following whose ideas you're really into totally totally so two things one um 
So the book that I'm coming out with is called Signal. Okay. Um, and it is, it's fiction. It's, it's a novel. Um, I have been a huge fan. So it's kind of related, but I'm, I'm not going to like, I'm not actually just cause it's a super secret project. I haven't told my mom, I haven't told my girlfriend like what, what it's about. Um, because of that secrecy, I'm not going to tell you the, the connection here, but it might be apparent, you know, months on the line. Christopher Nolan is coming out with a new film called Tenant, and I bought four tickets for IMAX. It was like $3,000 or something. It was just like a lot of money. And basically, I've been so excited for Tenant. I have been waiting for this movie for a year. So I'm really, I'm just, go, if, if you don't know what, the, stop what you're doing, just unsubscribe to Pablo's podcast. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Then come back, then come back and then subscribe so that you can listen. I, I, yeah, so, right, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I'm extremely excited about that. And then uh, the, other, the other thing is this book, which I think might be actually more relevant to your audience, this book called Transcend. And the book is about Abraham Maslow, who was a, one of the great psychologists. And it talks about, it's, it's a re-updating of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But to be completely frank with you, it is a wonderful and incredible and just kind of insane updating in a way that it feel like I remember reading it and it felt so so true and one of again this one of the things here was that basically the the core of the book is that we all have these deep psychological needs right and we need to meet these psychological needs sort of be at our best to be sort of integrated to be whole right and one of the needs this this is gonna be cool one of the needs is connection one of the needs is connection one is sort of that's one of the deficiency needs and one of the growth needs uh is um is love right just Mm. right love um for your fellow man love for your partner love for the world love for the people and um it is a beautiful book it is a book that also talks about sort of the more this more spiritual aspects of human experience and it's also one of those books that it makes you read it. It's by Scott Barry Kaufman. Uh, he's the man. And uh, it's one of those books that you read it and it just, it makes you excited for, there's a, there's a, there's a metaphor in the book that he uses. It, it's a key metaphor that he builds on to sort of explain the framework and also to sort of, again, as a, as a general analogy. And it's that of the sailboat. And basically we're all in the sailboat. The, the, the bottom of, of the boat is sort of the security needs like, uh, you know, safety, uh, connection, uh, and then sort of the, there's more to that. But then like the, the sail is made of, um, you know, growth uh, or not, not a growth, sorry. It's uh, love, purpose, um, and exploration. And then there's the transcendent needs that are sort of outside of it. But basically when you read this book, you get the sense that your life is a lovely, interesting, beautiful adventure that you get to go on it's not just this thing where you wake up and you're just like oh my god i have to go on another podcast it's like you get you it's like it's like it's an adventure right it's just like it's cool and um that book has a lot to say about what it means to be human and about how we should sort of organize our lives and I, i i it is i would totally recommend this book it is a wise book and it is it's smart as hell so yeah, dude, I'm 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 getting on that immediately. Like that was yeah, my yeah. my favorite answer to that question thus far. Uh, yeah. That was great. Um, I you know I normally ask this as something you believed in your 20s that you no longer believe, but I think that you are in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. So let's <laughs> stop the clock. I'll come back in 10 years and then yeah, we'll... yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just something. Why don't Why don't you just tell me? 
you know what, we kind of answered this question, right? Because you, you, you talked about, what was it? There was, there was some, there was somewhere earlier in the podcast. I was like, Oh, he just answered that question of, of the reframe. It's like something that you, that you were sure of at some point that you no longer believe. And it was something along the, the, the lines of, of learning, unless you have something else, right? Like something else that you were sure of at some point, but whatever, let's just, let's just go forward. All right. What's the best piece of advice that either you've ever received or that you love to give out to people? Yeah. So I, um, when, so, so one of, I was like thinking about this in advance, but like for me, it's, it's for whatever reason, it is hard for me to think about what's the best piece of advice, right? Kind of almost like it's hard to think what the best meal I've had is. Um, maybe there's like a kink in my brain, but basically, uh, I kind of already talked to this, but again, thinking for yourself and living, I think this is sort of, it's, it's, an, this is sort of a de- sort of a derivative of the idea, but I think it's sort of a, an important derivative. It, live, live sort of in your own style, right? Like, I think there's this thing that happens and it happens to all of us um, where we see somebody else living in a specific way, right? And we, we, there's a sense of desire that sort of wells up and we're like, man, I just, like, I want to be like, I, all right, here's one. Uh, I think Jack Johnson, he's a singer. He likes surfs. He lives in Hawaii. He's just like, he's just on his ukulele. I don't like his guitar. I'm just like, I want, I, Jack, if you're listening to this, I, like, I kind of want to be you, right? But then there's, there, there is a sort of a truer, I think there's a, there's a sort of a, a better informed part of myself, right? That sort of realizes that there are bits and pieces of Jack's life that are interesting, but you don't want to be Jack, right? You want to be yourself. You want to be Monish and you want to live in your own style in your own way. We read even like transcend, right? Like the book gives sort of ideas on how to live, but he actually makes this point that it's not just like, okay, human beings have this universal uh, need for connection, but it's, it's not about, it's like, it's not like it, someone doing something specific and you're like that's going to work for me and it's whatever that's great but it's not about following somebody else's recipe it really is about thinking from first principles and thinking like how do I want to live my life you only get one shot you only get one shot to do this and um we we get so just you know I think there's a little bit of you were talking about you're a little bit of a star fucker there's a little bit of star fucker in all of us right yeah and I think I think it's, I think it's totally healthy to acknowledge that because part of that is that like we want, we admire kind of the, the good qualities of other people and we want those. But I also, I think it's, I think it's a dance. It's a dance between recognizing that and incorporating that into your life, but also recognizing how can I live in my own style? How can I be my own person? Um, yeah. Everyone says they love tango dancing, but look, it's just not for me. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and I, th- I think living in your own style in your own way is something that I actually do remind myself every single morning. I have a principles document where I have principles I try to sort of uh, live my life by. And um, that has been, uh, while I'm not sure if it's, it's, it's up there. It's one, it's, it's been so informative into how I think about things. I love it, dude. Live it, live in your own style. And uh, you don't like Argentinian people. I got that. Um, so. <laughs> no, I love Argentinian people. I just, Total. It's just tango that you hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, okay. Uh, I totally misread that, bro. My bad. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna link to your website, right? I'm gonna monish.net, uh, how it's spelled, and everything like that. Slash book, so people can check out your book. But Monish, if, if people wanna 
if people want to connect with you, if, if somebody's just like, God, I want some more, <laughs> I want more, more niche. Yeah. So totally. what's the best way to reach out to you, man? Yeah. So best way to reach out, um, I'm on email. So if you go to www.moniche.net, um, most people don't know how to spell that. So it's, it's, it's M O H N I S H. It'll be in the show notes. So monish.net, that's sort of my main site. You can check out the book at monish.net slash book. Um, the book is on there, but it's the best part of the book. Uh, the noting system that you can actually use, you can use it in three minutes. You can start applying, you can, it's, it's there for free. Uh, so you can grab it for free. And, um, yeah, if you want to reach out, my email is there. It's imonisha.gmail.com. Uh, I'm one of like the last people on earth. I actually enjoy getting email from people. It's, it's, I'm like, oh, this is really, it's kind of, I mean, like, you know, maybe I don't enjoy getting, you know, 40 spam ads, right? But I enjoy, I enjoy like genuine emails from people. Um, so yeah, imonisha.gmail.com. Um, I also have a podcast, so I, I don't do the podcast anymore, um, but I have a sort of a highly produced uh, narrative podcast called Moonwalk. Um, uh, to sort of put it shortly, it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, that's that's up there. It's on Everything is on monish.net. It's sort of the hub. Um, and yeah, that's, that's sort of, it's about yeah. it. So. Yeah, the podcast is really, really cool, right? Like it does, it does remind me of like Radio Lab style production. And, and like, like, I think it's really... Uh, it's, it's fascinating. I was just, I was just messing around with it last week as I was, I was getting ready to, to talk to you, man. I actually wish we would have talked more about that. Now that yeah, I think about yeah. it. Um, you know, last question, Monish is, uh, where do you find community? Yeah. So this was an interesting question and I thought about this. So for me personally, there's obviously sort of the, there's the wellspring of all of the people that you meet in different stages of your life, right? From, college from whatever and it's just a matter of keeping in touch with those people right and finding community in those people um but i'm going to turn the question around here a little bit and i think it's still relevant to connection and still relevant here but i think where i find so much uh of the value of connecting um is is you know these relationships when you see it and it's these relationships where you feel like you are seen as like a whole person, right? You, you're seen as like a sort of this, you're not just like, oh, hey, it's my buddy. We grab a beer, we're hanging out. Like, yeah, we talk about the game, the big game. Like, it's not that. It's like, you feel like your buddy, or you might be hanging out at the bar, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but like, you feel like you both really see each other. You guys both see each other for who you are at, like in this very like holistic sense. And I think the, um, I, you know, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I think finding those people um, is very tough. And in fact, I think that you probably know more about sort of the logistical sort of implications on how to sort of grow community and how to find. But I do think that one thing that I can add to this that might be useful is if you find those people, uh, try your best not to let go. Because um, those people are so, so not only is it psychologically important, but they're just important for um, the well-being of, of your entire life. And whether it's scheduling calls with them, whether it's making sure keeping in touch or it's, you know, marrying one of them um, or keeping them around. Um, it, it, these relationships are so important. Um, and uh, I would encourage people to sort of uh, value and look at the relationships they do have and figure out, okay, which relationships do I feel like I'm really truly seeing? I feel like we're almost on the same wavelength and yeah, we're totally different people. We're totally different people, but we still, there's this 
high, there's this fidelity this, to this relationship that is sort of, it's at sort of a different level than just sort of maybe my other, you know, my coworkers or we, we talk and, you know, we, yeah, we're having a fine time, but right. Um, so yeah, that's my complicated answer to your, uh, your short question. So. I love it, man. Monish, I want to, I want to acknowledge you, man. I, you know, I, I semi-jokingly talk about how I'm attracted to your voice, but at the end of the day, I, you have a way of showing up and an energy and a way to express yourself that makes it very clear that you are this like old soul that, that's, that, that, that sees, you know, like, I feel like you, you know, you, you see through people. It's, it's exactly what you're describing, man. And I think it's, I think it's a really wonderful thing, man. I'm, I'm very impressed with, with it, right? Like with how you show up, with how you communicate, with how you, how deeply you think and, and the work you've already done at a young age, man. And I, I think it's really cool. And I'm, and I'm happy to, to call you a friend and, uh, and to, you know, have you in my life uh, from here forward. And I'm excited for the future of our relationship, bro. Totally. And Hey, um, every time we, we talk, you always make me smile. And I, I just really appreciate that. It's, it's always great to have that a human being and it just, yeah, you're cool. So thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. Cool. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed that conversation right there as much as I did. Listen, Connect with Pablo is a content marketing community creation agency. The bottom line is that if you can start creating content that can give value to your customers or audience while creating strategic relationships through it, you can have a content machine that allows you to tell the story of your business through the value you are creating while gathering people together. If you're curious about that or know someone who could be, please shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com or hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn through the profiles tagged in the show notes. If you just want a quick pick me up and some tactical advice right before walking into a room full of strangers, go to connectwithpablo.com, watch the five minute video about how to walk into a room and not feel like you're all alone and or download the little cheat sheet on how to do just that. I have a lot of my friends that I've done networking with me for a long time tell me that they love watching that thing and carrying it around when they're walking into a networking event or they're walking into a conference or sometimes even if you're just walking into a wedding and you don't know anybody, right? It has a lot of use for it. I invite you to check it out if you need it. I really hope you stick around, connect with me and start leaning into finding value in others and feeling like you have value to give yourself. It'll make the world a better place. I promise. Until the next episode, I am Pablo Gonzalez, your chief executive connector.